Cut. <laughs> oh, fucking cut. Now I'm gonna you go buy, no, I'm, no, I'm gonna go purchase one. That's the I'm problem. Finna, this this ain't for me. When I was like, you no, know, the background is mom and dad was addicted to crack cocaine. Okay. Right? Oh, praise to the most high, high, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men. Black woman, black teen, black child, black royalty, and I am joined by true black royalty, a true blessing, a true testimony, a true perfect example of God's love and grace. Miss Troy Nicole. Miss Nicole, how you doing, Miss Nicole? How I'm you, doing, how you doing great. Okay? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being here. First of all, just tell the people, you know, a little bit about you, where you're from, and you know, you, you Well, I am a born and raised Memphis, Tennessee. University of Memphis alumni. I'm a mother. I mean, and I guess I'm most definitely a survivor. Now talk about that. That's what we're going right now because I, I know a little bit about your story. Your cousin Marcus Brittman. He said, "Hey Doc, I need you to my cousin. He ain't need to tell me no more." I said, "I got you, bro. I got you." Because if that's your family, I got you. But then he started going a little bit into what you've overcome and what you've been through, and you're sitting here now. And I'm sitting. I was just taken aback. So just tell the people and tell me too. For the first time, you know, why are you? We know why you're sitting here is because of the Most High God, but the situ the situation that you've gone through and why you are considered, you know, a miracle and a survival. Okay, well, it's not a short story, but I'll start off like in June 2019, I was involved in a very bad car wreck. And in that car wreck, I sustained a lot of internal injuries. I had injuries to my spine, I had injuries to my abdomen, so I was just very, very, you know, messed up. So I was in the hospital for a very, very long time. They did everything they could for me, you know, and I actually was starting to get better for a while. Did a lot of tests, everything like this. So about, I want to say about mid-end of August of 2019, I was released from the hospital. They allowed me to go home, but it was short-lived. Literally, like, the first week in September, I started having, like, blood coming from my colostomy bag because I had to have one of those mm -hmm. just to – it was supposed to be temporary. Mm -hmm. So, anyway, I had to go in for emergency surgery. I think it was September the 4th. A day, No, I know it was September mm -hmm. the 4th, a day I'll never forget. So – after the emergency surgery, pretty much, I lost all of my small bowel. And according to science, if you don't have a small bowel, you can't live. So basically, they gathered all my family, all my friends, everybody. Like, it's literally, when I woke up from the surgery, I saw everybody I knew in the room. Like, I was like, what in the world is going on? So they basically told them that there was nothing else they could do for me. And that it was time for everybody to come to say their final goodbyes. Mm -hmm. So with that, uh, I mean, I, I heard it, but you know how you hear things, but you don't hear what they're saying. So pretty much I had a, a feeding tube in, so I couldn't talk to anybody. Like I couldn't say anything. So I kind of signaled for them to give me like a, something to write on. And so, like, it was everybody, they were just in there crying. Even my pastor, like, like boo-hoo crying. Like, I'm just looking like, where is the faith in this room? So I wrote them a note. 
I don't know where this came from in me, but I wrote them a note and I said, stop crying. Don't give up on me. God has the last day stuff. And I guess, I don't know, that just messed everybody up in the room. So nevertheless, it was like they sent me home on hospice. I pretty much was supposed to just die. Mm -hmm. Like it was, I'm going by what they said. It was nothing else they could do for me. But I really wasn't hearing it. When they sent, the hospice nurse came to the house, and I was just like, she was like, hey, let's start planning your funeral. Let's get your stuff together. I said, look, my mama can do that. I'm not dying. I don't plan on dying. And if I do, that's just what God has for me. Because I just trusted God so much. I was like, okay, God, I know what you told me. I believe what you say. So if this is my time... I'm okay with it, but I just don't believe it's my time. So nevertheless, I was home, but I was not in good shape. Like, it, uh, bedridden, I went through so many different things. Like, my stomach was literally wide open. Like, the, the, um, <clears throat> my, uh, what is it called? The acid that we have in in our stomachs, it was eating the skin up of my stomach. So it was just, they were afraid that I was going to get, you know, a bad infection. So the miracle in that was my original surgery. I, I think the man who did the botched surgery, which, you know, when I lost the rest of my small bowel, he did something wrong because she literally was the head surgeon at the med. She called, she was like, well, would you be willing to come in and let me see if I can do anything for you? I ain't have anything to lose. I mean, nothing to lose, everything in the game. I went in, but it still was the same outcome. Like, she just, it was nothing that, you know, she she kept me comfortable. She started to heal my wound, but it was like, that was just my state. But she did a surgery on me where once I healed, that if I did take anything internally, it was it would come, I would throw it back up, but I could still take in things internally. So within that time frame, I had to uh, pretty much learn how to walk again, how to do so many different motor skills because we found a surgeon in Nebraska that would take my case. He was like, I think I can do something for you. So I was like, again, nothing to lose, everything in the game. But there was a fight within itself. Mm -hmm. Everybody know insurance, especially out of network in a whole other state, they don't want to pay for anything. When I tell you my family went to bed for me, on the phone every day with insurance, we fighting, we Really, my cousin, she fighting. She like, look, y'all going to save her. Y'all going to pay for this treatment. So they agreed. But in order for me to go to Nebraska, I had to be strong enough to get on the plane. I was blessed to get this company with, they fly private, like they have private jets. They'll fly you, you know, for medical purposes and everything like that. So... I, I end up building up, you know, enough strength. Honestly, I crawled on the plane. Yeah. Like, I was determined. I said, I don't care if I got a scoop, <laughs> I'm going to get there. 
And so this is what we did. And that surgeon in the breast, still my doctor to this day, and I credit him with saving my life. He reversed the surgery that she did and made it possible for me to, I can actually eat normal foods and I can actually go to the restroom again. Now, I do have to take like a supplement every day. It's called TPN and I have to have like, it's like a Hickman, which is in my chest, which I mean, it's not easy, but it's a better quality of life. And that's literally what he told me he would be able to give me. So, but the thing in it was, we did the initial, const, you know, the initial consultation. He saw me. He was like, okay, you have so much scar tissue. I got to wait a while because if I go in there right now, I probably would damage some more things. So we all know COVID happened. I was devastated. Like, oh, my God, I cried <laughs> every day because they had to, like, stop. Couldn't travel. They were – it was just like a waiting game. And it, I think I only waited a month, but it felt like – because I just had my hopes set on it. But honestly, it was, the surgery was most definitely successful. And it really did give me a better quality of life. So after the surgery, I still have to, you know, work on building up my skills, everything like that. But when I tell you that really changed my life, it really, it really, really did. So, I mean, that's just, my story in a nutshell, like, it's a lot in between that happened, but that's the main part. Like, bottom line, they told me I was dead. I, I, it was nothing they could do for me. And I just, I didn't, inter- I don't know if it was just me or I just didn't internalize it. And I was determined. I was going to fight. Even if it was the end. I was gonna give it my all. I was in there like rocket, like, come on, let's go. We gonna we gonna take these hundred rounds. So I mean this this what my story is. I mean, I absolutely love that to have that faith in God then because to have because you look young now, I don't know how old you but how old were you when you had this accident? I was thirty two or thirty one maybe. Yeah, I was kids 31. already? Yeah, my son, he's fourteen. So, yeah. so I'm pretty sure he was on your mind, too. You know what's so funny? He was the main thing on my mind. And he never, he well, if he did cry, he never showed. He just always said, my mama going to be okay. Like, she going to be all right. And I can remember so crazy the day that they said I wasn't going to make it. I was reflecting. I think his dad, he whispered to me, don't leave me here with this boy. <laughs> I was like, shoot, I don't want to leave you here with my boy. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh. So, but he most definitely was the main thing on my mind. My, like I just wanted, I wanted more time with him, most definitely, because I feel like even though we we are extremely close, it was just like it's so many things I wanted to show him and teach him, and it's just it's hard without having a mother. So, hey, no, I'm, trust me. I mean, it, it hits me hard because you know my mom died in a car accident when she was 34. Yeah, so I was, you know, right before. No, you know, hey, it, it, the Most High does what he wants to do. So uh, he t- he took us to it. But take us back to that, because talking to your cousin, Hoss was telling me the night when they went to call and all your family, like, look, she ain't going to make it, man. So yeah, everybody come say their goodbyes. Take me in that room that night. You laying there. I'm pretty sure you, I, you seemed like you were aware of what's going on. But 
take me back to there and you see everybody's faces and you see how they responding and actually what you thinking in your head. Like, what the hell y'all doing? I swear. <laughs> I was just like, and the people in the room have been so faithful, like, in my life. Like, they teach me. They have taught me faith, like, unshakable faith. But at that moment, they didn't have any. Nobody had that faith with me. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this story. It's really, really, it's funny, but it's not funny. Uh-huh. My best friend, okay, my pastor, she, I love her to death. She did a prayer, but it was literally like she was reading my eulogy mm. in that room at that moment. And it was like, my eyes, I couldn't say nothing, but my eyes, I was just bugging them. Like, is she staying? Everybody had their head down close with my best friend. She had, <laughs> she like linked with me and I, I think, and she said, Everything I wanted to say, like she was about to fight my past. I was, I said, Lord, I ain't never had a friend this bold. What she say? I want to know what she said to her. I really don't remember. Uh, okay, I got you, but you know it was something like she, my friend, I basically I want dead. Yet. Don't kill me. I'm not dead, but it was just the moment. It was. I think everybody was just trying to internalize what was going on their own way, and it was just like. It just, the prayer just was not, I mean, she prayed and she was praying, but it was like, I literally felt like she was reading my eulogy. And I was like, dang, I ain't dead yet, though. I'm still, I'm still here. I'm just not, you know, I'm just, they told y'all I'm gone, but I'm, I'm fighting, you know what I'm saying? And it used to be so funny those few days before they sent me home on hospice when I had to stay in the hospital and the nurses used to come and they used to be like, you so nice. You not mad. You not angry. I'm like, why would I be angry at y'all? Y'all haven't done anything to me. Like, they was just like, people in your situation, they normally are very angry and hostile. That, the one young lady who was my nurse, she brought me a gift. I don't, I just, it was like a whole lot of fingernail polish and stuff like that. She was just like, I told my mama about you. And it's just like, I just, I can't believe you just, you just okay. I was like. How else am I supposed to be? Now, don't get me wrong. I be angry sometimes. Yeah, but of at that point in time, I had no room for anger. I had no room for anything but prayer. You know what I mean? So, but I'm telling you, everybody in there, it was not a dry eye in the room. My grandma came in. She is a very, very feisty young lady. <laughs> she put them shades on. She She looked at me. Before she let them tears fall, she put them shades on and walked out the room. That's just the funniest thing I remember about the whole thing. I said, my grandma is so funny. But because she just not really, she don't really show her emotions mm-hmm. like that. But I knew, like, it was hurt. My whole family, they just, everybody was hurt. But I will, I know everybody's family, they dysfunctional and things like that. But when it came to me, and at that time, they put all that to the side, like, they really fought for me, like, in every aspect. Everybody had a role. I can remember my cousin Marcus. Or oh, one day I was at the hospital. I was hurt so bad. They wouldn't give me no medicine. He said, hold on, cuz. I know what to do. One of y'all doctors need to get in here and come see her right now. They came in there, too. Mm-hmm. That's why I said. It's just, it was, it was a very different experience. But when I say God really showed me some things in too, I feel like, like you said, everything happened for a reason. I was always so 
easy. But I wasn't really doing nothing. But mm-hmm. you know how you just be yeah. easy. I feel like God set me down for a reason. Like, I needed to think about a lot of things. And laying in the bed for months at a time, you don't got number time to think. So, it was, it was a, it was an experience, I'll tell you that. And it's, it's an experience you're still living because I see you, you look strong, great attitude, great personality. You can see, I can, you know, feel the spirit of the most high Thank on you. you. So, I'm sure it's not only the love from your family, but, you know, the spirit of the most high being with you, encompassing you, helping you through dark days because I'm pretty sure you still have some now how do you make it through 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 those dark depressing days or do you allow them to be depressing days or you just make them be just down days I ain't gonna tell you a story I have some days but my grandfather he is my best friend I tell him stuff I probably won't even tell my girl best friends like if I'm feeling anything if I need anything I just call him and sometimes I do a lot of writing like when I'm feeling some type of way or I'm angry, I write it down. And I don't hesitate to talk to people that I trust. It's trust in a sense of spirituality. I don't just I don't just discuss certain things mm-hmm. with certain people, but I have some very strong spiritual friends and I know they wanna steer me in the wrong directions because I most definitely have those days, but, you know, you had them days like, why me? Why I got to go through this? Why I got to hurt all the time? Why do you have to be my fate? But, I mean, some good things did come out of it, but it, I wouldn't say it was nothing I want to go through, you know what I mean? But I accept it, what it is. So Now, you say you, do, you did a lot of writing, you do a lot of writing, and I see that brings me into your book. Tell me about your book, Purpose Through Pain. Yes, this is my baby. What happened was people share my story. I didn't know how to share my story at first. People always be like, you are such a miracle. You are such a blessing. And I just used to be like, okay, thank you. I really appreciate it, you know. But my cousin, he's not a, okay, how can I say this? He, not to say he don't believe in God. He's just not a religious mm-hmm. person or whatever. And he had a friend whose mother had cancer, and they gave her the diagnosis that, you know, she was about to die. He was like, I told him about your story. I told him what what the doctor told us about you and how you doing. I said, hmm, if my story can trigger this sucker into telling (laughs) something about the goodness of the Lord, I probably need to put this on some paper. Mm -hmm. And I started writing in. I just could never figure out how to put it out there. So I started taking classes online uh, from this young lady, uh, which is my uh, best friend's sister. She writes a lot of books and novels, and uh, she just teaches you how to format and get your stuff together and self-publish. So I wrote, I took my classes, and I was able to produce my baby. Purpose Through Pain, my healing journey, and I just, I put pretty much everything that I could remember and think of about my experience in there. And I just hope that when people going through things, just because it looks a certain way, it don't mean it'll always be that way. You just got to have that type of faith. I mean, I ain't going to tell you a story. I didn't know I had that type of faith until it came to be a test. 
But I've always been in church and things like that. And what's so funny, I always said I wanted God to use me. Is what I say. You got to be careful. You better be specific about what you pray. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You have to. And I've learned to be very mm-hmm. intentional with my words. So I just put it out there. And it actually, a lot of people that I know who have read my book, they just be like, oh my God, thank you so much. And they tell me about things that they've been through similar and how just. It's just, it's, it's an amazing experience for me. Well, probably for me and whoever's reading, because, I mean, I just put it out there. I don't, it just, I just feel like I needed to share. Why, if God gives you something and he gives you a gift and something is powerful is life, when you weren't supposed to have it, why not share? So Now tell highlights of that book i mean don't tell y'all we want them to go get it purpose through pain i mean i'm, I'm holding it up but you gonna, it's your book you gonna hold it up but you know highlights because not highlights you gave us highlights what are you hoping people get when they read your book troy nicole purpose through pain my healing journey inspiration inspiration more than anything just well i won't say inspiration more than anything to know that god is real like he can do amazing things like you know people think that miracles are just in the bible from the old days but they don't look at the modern day miracles and there are so many every day so i just want people to know that god really is real if you trust him i mean everything not gonna work out and this something that i really hate that people base if something goes wrong, well, I shouldn't have believed anyway, but maybe it wasn't for you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just want them to know that God still works miracles today in in this world right now. And just inspiration. Like, if you're down, you need, to, you need a pickup or whatever. Just That's what I hope they can get from my story. Absolutely. I mean, you, you almost made me cry, too. Don't, don't do that. No, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't I know. Think if, I did good. No, when I talk, I always cry. Now, see, and, but I started doing this a little bit, so I, <laughs> I started blinking. I had to catch it. But, no, just unbelievable story. I mean, just absolutely amazing. I mean, you inspired me. You know, Thank you. Everybody know I'm a warrior for the most high. I love God, and you're just okay. another example of how, how, you know, he loves his children. He loves his people. And for you to go through that, and, uh, I mean, I, I just can't imagine. But So, before. Finally, before, you know, where does Troy Nicole go from here? Because I know you're still dealing with issues and trying to recover, but you seem to be in great spirits and great attitudes. So where do you go from here as you move forward on this journey that we call life, this experience? Well, I mean, I'm I'm going where God leads me. I most definitely, uh, I've been working on my nonprofit, Spirits with Purpose, and I just want to be there for people, be able to help people. And, I mean, I also, I'm going to be honest with you, Going through this experience made me realize how important life insurance is for African-American people. And it's something that I've really been looking into and actually getting into working, doing life insurance, because our people don't understand the benefits of life insurance. Like, GoFundMe, which I did, my family did a GoFundMe for me. And not to say I'm embarrassed, I appreciate everybody who did what they, you know, who donated, but guess what? I have life insurance now. So if anything happens to me, my son is going to be well taken care of. 
And this the main thing. I mean, they can throw me in the box. I ain't really worried about, you know, that I just want to make sure he's well taken care of. And I think that's something that we as people, we really don't think about that. But I'm most definitely going where God leads me. I plan to write more, release more books. Now, where can they find? Let me get my copy. <laughs> Let me get my copy. Where can they find Purpose Through Pain? I have, they are available on Amazon, mm -hmm. most definitely. And I also have offhand copies. So, you know, they can email me or go to Amazon. It's much definitely quicker and easy. I did a special like a couple of weeks ago where my ebook was available for free for a week just to read. I just wanted people to be inspired. So, I mean, I'll probably do it again, most definitely. But I Amazon love it. or I, get, I have them. How can they email you? I mean, they, they got it. What's the email? He gonna email, cause he gonna put it up on them. Okay, my email is tnmathis25 at gmail .com, or they can actually call me or text me. My number is nine zero one two four six eight eight seven nine. Well, Miss Troy Nicole, absolutely amazing. See, meeting sisters like you just make me love the Most High even more because he'd be like, you know, I got to show y'all something. I got to take you somewhere and bring you back up so I can show y'all that I am real. And I'm going to be there for you. But anything else you want to add, Miss Troy Nicole? I just really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share my story. And I really, really, really hope that it helps someone. If one person is inspired, I think I did my job. Well, you inspired at least two because me and Coffee, Coffee Cough over there. <laughs> Cass is over there. Coffee Cough over there. Both of us, both of us inspired. But anyway. He hard on him, Lord. That's my guy. That's my guy. I love him. It's ISF Productions. But thank you so much, Miss Troy Nicole. Thank I, I really appreciate me. it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That's going to do it for a great, another great, outstanding episode of the Doc Holiday Show, Warrior for the Most High. The Most High is the reason why I'm able to have this platform. So she says she appreciates the opportunity. No, I appreciate her, appreciate her coming here telling her story because we both children of the Most High. We just chosen. But yes. that's going to do it for this episode of the Doc Holiday Show where we love to uplift black men, black women, Black teen, black child, black royalty. Until next time, coffee, cough. Are we done, man? <laughs> what you